1: Mr. TK and Tom's story all at the same time in the same space. Wow. Look at the I'm background so today. Oh, lucky! Smokes. What's going background. on, guys? Hey. I was wondering what kind of background we would get because, like, all his videos now—it's like it's very confusing. Got so
2: many places. He's just this, he all is, all over the this world. This guy Listener owns International. so much property now that it's
1: like, <laughs> where shall I film my videos today? You know, yep. you know what I
3: actually did today
1: is I was shall the I cottage. wear my polo shorts today? <laughs> walk around in my.
3: <laughs> i uh i couldn't trust the college wi-fi so i actually drove 30 minutes into town i am at one of my friends in real estate i'm just stealing her right. office for the day so she's yeah. much more you know styling than i am so that's why i've got the cool backdrop
1: today that looks like a chalkboard did somebody draw that
2: no you know what
1: it's wallpaper wallpaper cool
2: sneaky, sneaky. well yeah. welcome
1: once again mr story well thank you guys thanks for having me
2: from Tom's story, international man of mystery. Man
1: <laughs> of mystery, like Tom, to live you, dangerously. You've, you've
2: been doing a lot of stuff, Tom. Uh, you know, like today, I'm hoping we can focus a lot on 2022. But you know, just kind of like a year in review. Sure. Um, you know, you had uh, you know video courses that you had that you're we offering to agents and training. You have you know obviously your team. You're you're in the media. You're, you know, you're, you're successful and Daryl, I don't know. I haven't told you this yet, Daryl. Okay. But somebody forwarded me a list. They sent me a list of the top agents in Toronto based on actual data. And guess who was on that list by far the youngest and definitely near the top of the list, something to be, to be bragging about. And I'll give you a clue. It wasn't me. And it wasn't you, Daryl.
1: And he's on the show and he's on the show.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, wow. what you. number? Where'd you get? Who?
2: You know what's remember, interesting, too, more? just to, about those
3: lists is that. So, first of all, thank you. I appreciate that. I haven't seen these lists. So, I was don't that an know.
1: editorial that you paid for? Not that no, I'm aware no, of. Like
2: the data, you know, like they, they, they just kind of come up with the data. Sponsored things.
1: by Story.
3: This was, so. I think,
2: in Toronto. Like, just that's amazing. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. I appreciate
3: that. Yeah. We, uh, you, know, you know, what's interesting about those lists, too, is like, I think it only counts. First agent name on listings or buys, so I know even like a lot of our team. My name doesn't go first on everything, so it's like it's it's like those lists give you a pretty good idea, but not the whole picture. So what you're saying
1: is you're even better than what (laughs) the list says. Ah, No, no, no. no. He wants. He's right. He's he's right. The the data
2: is based on like. He's the, reading the, what's it. The, what do the stats say on the computer? So there's things that they don't know on trade record sheets and different things that TK's march. reading
1: it going, Oh my God, look at this. I'm so proud of Tom. This is amazing. And Tom's going, this is fucking horse shit. They didn't even count half the sales. I should get credit for. No, no. But you know I what? Should it's,
3: be the number one. it's the same yeah, for everybody. It's the same, same sure for everybody. I'm sure there's others exactly.
2: that had the exact same thing. So, Pre-construction like, exclusives. There's all sorts of things that, that miss out. Uh, I obviously. didn't think
1: exactly. that real estate, you know, fucked around with numbers and, you know, manipulated Things. that's so odd a little bit anyway, a little bit let's uh let's get this out of the way before we forget everybody sure. hit the damn like button now everybody's watching the video nobody's hitting the like button and i think we would like to spread this message a little further especially when we have a great guest like an award-winning guest on the show like hit the like button.
2: real estate show award
1: absolutely yeah. one of the best guests on the toronto real estate show award for sure tom Stewart. i like the way you put that that was
3: good Love hey what's a what's yesterday. your percentage of people that watch these videos but aren't subscribed
1: do you know that number you know how long ago i stopped looking at the it's stats high. on this thing what, it's it, high. i can't figure this thing out man i can't yeah. figure out the algorithm some days yeah. it loves us some days it hates us you know, I, I put out a
3: video that wasn't just 100% real estate related last week. It was just like the five best assets based on appreciation. And it bombed because it wasn't in my lane of what I normally put out. So I don't know exactly how it works either, but it's very interesting.
1: Yeah, well, you know, we try kind of and direct out. the conversation to relevant topics, but we generally, we meaning TK, generally takes us off the rails. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But TK's goal and my goal for today are in alignment. I want to talk about predictions for the upcoming 2022 season of Toronto real estate. I love it. Let's do it. You got it.
2: Well, you what were you calling for now? a
1: crash in your
2: last January. video.
1: January. <laughs> uh, hell, man. i love your comments daryl um
3: uh well you know you know what it was it was it was like if you think a crash is going to happen here's all the things that would actually have to happen at the same time for that to happen
1: let's define um, a crash though what really constitutes a crash guys what how how bad does it do things have to get for it to real there's a stat isn't it is it like 30 percent
2: in a yeah, year i was gonna say
3: 30 to 40 percent that would be pretty bad
2: I'd say, oh, I'd say at least go back to a time like, you know, if prices went up, you know, 30 percent and then they dropped 30 percent right back to normal. Right. Like that's like in 2017,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it wasn't really a crash. It was a major correction, but it was 30 or 40 percent on certain properties. yep Right. But just because they were just way out of line, like they just didn't belong there. So to say that that was a crash, you know, is, it's hard because it literally bounced back and in some areas were unaffected. Right. So it's hard to per- put a percentage on it. But I think we know just- what i
3: know what I'll tell you just like to build off of that. So, you know, I've been, this is my ninth year in real estate. And so I'm certainly haven't been doing this the longest, but I'm also not brand new anymore. Like I'm kind of in that middle ground. And uh, I have not seen this level of demand since early 2017. And I'm not sure if that's a good thing or if that's very scary. Um, you know, we took, we took offers on a condo last week. We had 16 offers. It probably sold more than not list price to sale price, but more than market value by about seventy five thousand dollars.
1: What's and, that as a percentage of price?
3: Uh, like oh, like for value or actual list price? How much
1: over actual value? Not fucking asking price, bull crap. <laughs> uh, probably five to
3: six five to eight percent over value. Um, another house last night that on a good day gets you know. $1.25 million has many offers over 1.3 that- Where? Two, two years ago, Upper Beaches. Upper Beaches is oh, like, that's a that's what i saying, not the beaches, but close. <laughs> yeah, um, Gerard. Two bedroom house, uh, you know, we offered on wow. it. And and even I had a conversation with the agent and I thought everything but, right now, it seems for, for freehold, it's like whatever you think it's gonna sell for at a hundred grand or maybe yeah. more in some cases, obviously. But hold on a
1: sec, one, three, that's in Toronto. And people are paying like one five, one six
2: in Brampton. What the fuck two is bedroom going on? Though, here? Two bedroom on upper beaches. These are tiny houses. It's, it's still, it's upper beaches, man. Yeah. Still. I, that gap between
3: Toronto and everywhere else is getting very, very tight. Um, and you can, look at it, you can look at it in two ways, right? It's like, well, Toronto was already expensive and they were already cheap relative to Toronto. And now they've caught up. But it's like these markets. How dare are,
1: they? Like, but, <laughs> what? Do, how do they deserve to be caught up to Toronto? Well, at some point, Georgetown. Like, oh, what the are these hell?
3: markets going up only because work from home is a thing? Because if that's the case, like I'm a little nervous because you know, TK 2017. The only markets that actually saw a real correction were outside Toronto. Yeah.
2: It was the biggest. It was the biggest ones were the furthest. York, stretching York, markets. and
3: Durham, and
2: York, right? big time, yeah. Well, Same I can tell you happening work, now, but it's going further. It's going.
1: The work further from, from home yeah. is not ending now. That's for damn sure. It's going to get a little stronger for a bit, right?
2: Well, what we just had a sale last week for four hundred and twenty-one thousand dollars over asking in Guelph. Guelph.
1: Guelph. Yeah. Did you see Guelph. my tu- my tweet about Guelph?
2: <laughs> I was like, Fuck. I've been to Guelph like twice in my life. You know, like, hey, I, I went to, to school at Guelph. I'd have Guelph's to use nice. the GPS to get there. If to, uh,
1: you bought. Every house you could three years ago in Guelph. Imagine how much money you could have made. Like, yeah. just it's crazy. They doubled in two years. Doubled. Right. What right do they have charging so much money? It's not even they're charging. People are just going there and going, you know what? Fuck it. It's it's like fifteen minutes further than I was willing to go and pay for this. Like, just fuck it.
2: Also, just scary. We're moving to like, Guelph. The person who is looking you're gonna at that like property. It has spent six months probably yeah. looking and they just do not find up. anything, right? They're fed up. Yeah, and, uh, and, and nothing's coming up, you, no inventory. You,
3: you know, like we, there's a lot on Twitter now and it's catching a lot of steam of showing like, you know, past two years, the increase is on the same property selling. Yeah, it's insane. So, so I don't, I haven't had that happen with any of my clients, but I guess mostly because I'm in the core and no one's sold that quickly again. But do you think that person that sold it, that made $600,000 in two years, do you think when they bought it, that was the goal? Because it couldn't have been.
1: No, that's, it's like, crazy. It's right? like, like, it's are like, they
3: actually speculators or did they just go like, oh my God, might as well sell it. It's probably, I don't like, even think that there's I three think that families something in, in there life. going.
2: No, 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 no. People don't want to move. Moving is a pain in the ass. It sucks. Nope. Nobody wants to move. So I think something changed drastically, Tom, and they're just one of the fortunate few. Right. First I time home buyers. First. No, sure. first
1: time home buyers are like, holy cow. Like, now we can actually go afford a house where we want to live. This is crazy. We got to get, we got to do this.
2: After they sell, what do they do afterwards? Right. With that huh. money, where do you go? But I, That's the thing. It's it's yeah.
3: all relative, right? Like, I hope, yeah. I hope in all those cases when we're seeing like the it's increases, that I hope they bought first
2: because yes. <laughs> like they yeah. the other guy to go Can't, buy. We're willing to rent. Set but yeah, even renting are, are, is tough. They got a plan. Yeah. Even so, renting is crazy. So, so it's we the agree. same thing. So, so we agree. January right now is on fire and it is.
1: Yeah.
3: I, leading I haven't towards seen...
2: a really extensive, you know, growth this year in 2022.
1: Well, what do we think what's happening right now, as far as the two of you guys are concerned, what are you seeing as far as inventory Are more units coming on the market or are less. So I ran a poll on my
3: Instagram asking other realtors to tell me how many properties they were listing just out of curiosity. And I shared the result and I got 75 realtors reach out to me, telling me how many properties they were preparing. And most of them were like very well-respected market leaders, like good, good realtors. And I got 252 combined out of 75. So about three and a half per person. Now, realtors that had none probably wouldn't have messaged me, right? So it was really just the people that were bringing stuff. But, you know, I had talked about this before and I talk about this in my videos sometimes too, but it's like at the end of last year, we had 121,000 sales in the, GTA, in the Toronto Real Estate Board. The year before, we had like 95,000. So it's like, how can we have no inventory and also have the most amount of sales ever? And the new thought process that I got from one of the coaching groups I'm in is we don't have low inventory, we have fast inventory. And Daryl, I know you commented on my tweet about that. What did I say again?
1: No, I said we would have sold even more if there was more available, yeah. And you're probably right
3: because every house had five, 10, 15 offers on it.
1: Now you're saying 16 offers went 8% over actual what you think the value was at that moment in time. Yep. Uh, which was based on something, right? So, so wow, it's crazy what's going and, on out there. And so many people message me
3: saying, we have this amount of listings coming, but they all have to buy first.
1: Well, and, and hold on just, a sec. Like, yeah, 252 out of 75 agents. Is that good? Three per agent. That's first fucking First of all, the bullshit.
2: 252 is not realistic because yeah, every time I'm preparing real. three people's houses for sale, one of them changes their mind or doesn't end up doing something. So I agree the 252 is probably one pipe dream. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like hopeful. It was more just to like gauge like what I think, was I'm, coming down the pipe, but right? there's more inventory now. Uh, like I'm not is saying that not more enough. though. Is that a lot? All I, I don't, don't think Daryl that's going to do anything. We, we have our searches set up and there's listings that are now coming up that two, three, four weeks ago weren't. And that's holiday stuff and new year stuff. It's,
3: it's like we forget every year how the beginning of the year starts like today's yeah. January 16th. Groundhog's
1: of groundhog. course, there's no inventory. No, but twenty five hundred units like, come on, no, that's not no inventory. That is like but, the but shelves no. are bare. If you're looking in a specific area, what's the fucking chance there's going to be a house that you're even like close to cool
2: with?
3: Yeah, it's going to be tough. It's, but it's not because there's. Well, okay, obviously inventory is low, but it's because everything was absorbed in November and December, and it's not trickling back. So we're just not used to seeing things come off the market this quick, right?
1: Imagine how many have to come on and how quick. You want to? It's talk not going to happen. It's never going to happen.
3: It's not going to happen. And if you look at at how prices increased last year in at least the city of Toronto, most of the price increases happened from January till April. They went like this and then they hovered most of the year. And then September was volume too.
2: Yep. November was a sales Realtors sales volume. Like everybody like made their numbers by Mm -hmm. June, you know, and And then then, it tailed off. Yeah. And then it tailed off. And I,
3: I, I'm hoping that happens this year because we can't sustain this. And I was going to say
1: it's scary when realtors all say like, uh, where are you going to move to also (laughs) like, what do you like? Right. You guys are seeing such a crazy gap and, and demand supply here that it's like, I don't even know what to tell you to do right it now. It's so
3: stressful <laughs> in the fact that like people think that we have it great right now. And and some of us are in a position where we do a lot of listings where like, yeah, sure. Life is easier right now on the listing side, but all those people need to buy. And it takes five, 10 offers just to maybe get something. and. Yeah. And yeah, it's tough. But, but it's it's
2: a, it's a it's a bigger challenge to deal with sellers right now because sellers have higher expectations than ever. Mm-hmm. There's more competition from other agents, there's downward pressure on commissions, there's all sorts of other factors that come with a strong seller's market that uh, doesn't make it ideal for anyone. There really isn't an, an ideal market in real estate. You just you understand that it's a pain in the ass and that you're yep. gonna deal with it and do the best you can in any market, right? So. The only
3: person winning right now is if like someone is selling their forever house and going into a retirement home and cashing out, or maybe they're an investor that has one that they just don't need anymore and they can just sell it and cash out and take that money, right?
1: Yeah. Everybody else, it's uh, you got to buy something else. You see, this is, today is, came out blog. To this, is this tiny two bedroom house in Toronto is on sale for almost three million dollars. What's the lot size? Where is it? It's like uh 40 by 120. Okay, uh. and it was already approved and split into semis. That's well, that's why. But hold on, yeah. still, this is like Bayview and Eglinton layered area 1.5 a lot.
2: Why did they even? Seems pricey.
1: Yeah, that does seem pricey. Whoa. Yes. Even the article says it seems pricey. Like it's crazy. (laughs) $3 million for a a 40 by 120 that's been severed in a neighborhood. Well, I think that that
3: already. Well, I'm sure the process of getting it severed is factored into that price, right? For sure.
2: Also, sometimes guys have expectations on making a profit. So look what's going to happen. Construction costs are too much. Maybe it'll be cheaper for me to just sell the land because I've done all the extra work, but I still wanted to make that $500,000 because that was the plan from the beginning. So they list properties with building permits and stuff and they're at crazy prices.
1: Forget it. Look what's going to happen now. Hey, look at this. You can put a fourplex on it now, man. Look at this. This is worth $14 million, man. Cap rate of $18 million. This is what's going to happen now. Look, 3 million bucks for this thing. And, if and it sells,
3: we'll see. If it sells, sells but
1: this is what's going to start happening is people are going to value the properties differently. Now, when the hell in Bayview and Eglinton, could you even have a semi before? This is crazy. Yeah. But everything else in there, if you guys take a look, you'll see in the $1 million range for a house like this. Yeah. Bananas. Been, uh, but this is the saying... government policy. This is what it's going to start to do. People will value their properties as fourplexes now.
3: Well, any seller that had something about their house that wasn't desirable that didn't sell last year, and maybe the thing that wasn't desirable was the price or you just didn't have a great floor plan or you had a shitty view or that kind of stuff, you will sell right now. That's a fact. So we've been having the conversation just within our own team. It's like, hey, all the people that maybe had unrealistic expectations last year, let's talk to them and see because they might not be unrealistic anymore, whether we like it or not. Like,
2: I, I need, need one inventory, sold. you're going to die. I, have, I had one that sold, I think that's, 29th or 30th of, the, of december that had a creek running through it in thornhill conservation authority governed heritage district uh you know built on a slope like it was just a total nightmare because everyone wants to build and you can't build on the lot and um so you a uh, persian doctor buying her first property liked the property it's a beautiful piece of land has no intentions of building and ended up buying the property for a price that was, you know, great for my sellers and they were super happy, right? So yeah, that's what it is. If you got something unique, you got a stigma associated with your property. I'm pu- I'm negotiating right now on a place, it's boarded up, okay? There's no uh, access to the property. We haven't been inside. The fire department shut it down. It's in the news as a crack house and, you know, we're negotiating with the sellers right now because no one can get in and we figure it's a good time to get a good deal, right? Yeah. So this guy's going to be selling this house boarded up because-
1: Slightly lived in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, that's what it is, right? That's it. a that real it fixer
1: to, upper, yeah. That
3: takes it to another level because we yeah. used to say, like, when the market's like this, go after the stuff that's done bad. So, like, don't go over the beautifully staged properties with offer dates, go check out the stuff that's been sitting two weeks that has shitty photos, or they took an iPhone 4 photo you know, upside down, and and or maybe it's tenanted, but like, that's the that's the full next level is like a house you can't get into, go buy that one because there'll be less competition on that. Like, that's where we're at, which is crazy.
1: Yeah but that's There's why like the everywhere. weird like little towns are getting yeah. 95% increases cuz people are like like what is within this area here and like has water and electricity and- can we just say too,
3: just to be clear, like not only is it that these places are becoming more attractive to people because of work for home, but the problem is on both sides, Toronto agents driving two hours that have no idea what they're doing, making offers on these properties in little communities. They know nothing about, they don't know what a well clause is. They don't know anything. Yeah. And they're overpaying. First of all, like the Burn. Toronto buyer for every market outside Toronto is the foreign buyer for what Toronto sellers are looking for. Like that's exactly. what we are. Yeah. And it's it's bad. But even in Toronto, like sometimes I get offers on my condo listings from agents outside Toronto and they weigh overpay. So it's the but same both ways.
1: We but- need this. This is a symbiosis that is necessary for the growth in in the GTA. Like whether we like it or not, if we grew up here, you either better make a lot of money or be prepared to move further to, yep. to, to commute because that's the reality. Otherwise, this whole scheme just doesn't really work. And and there's no doubt that we are in the, the, the inventorying of human beings in Canada. We need to build places for people to live so they come with their money and stimulate the economy. That's like 100% the plan, right? It's like, but in order for that plan to work, people have to like forcibly move further away to have what they're used to.
2: So here's here's the issue, construction costs, that's the issue. If you go to any small town, you're getting the land for free. Any price that these get four or $500,000, this is the cost of the rebuild. You know, you can't replace these houses for what you're paying for them. So you're getting the land for free because it's already there. And you know that any new development in the area, builders, even if they're $20,000 a lot, can't afford to build a property that's going to be anywhere close to the price that you're paying. And you know that that is going to elevate prices. So is it overpaying? you know? Yeah. I mean, based on two years ago, but from here on, is there any new inventory, any new supply that's ever going to come to the market anywhere close to that price? No, it's just not possible anymore. Right. Like no, construction but, yeah. costs have gone up a lot guys. We're, we're talking sure. major, major increases here that aren't going back down.
1: But even if, the, what do you know of that has gone up in value that people got used to paying and then like shrunk? Back to like, I don't know, eight years ago level. Like, what the hell does that it, when when people get you used got, to paying you got something, commodities and
2: stuff like that? That
1: commodities, but that's happen. trader stuff. Like, that's futures. The, 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 the normal person, like who who's doing that?
3: The only thing would be like the early uh, stock market launches of companies that came out high but then dropped. But that didn't last yeah. that long. What, right? what about
2: Maybe Tickle Me you... Elmo? Man, the... Tickle Me Elmo, that was hot. That was a hot item. Now, now you could probably get those things. No problem for twenty nine ninety nine. So things happen. The mar- markets change, but there's a fundamental part of real estate, which is in order to be able to create a house, you have to, you have to build it, right? It's not going to just produce itself. There's a limited supply, right? And like you're saying, we're warehousing people, so people need to be moving somewhere. So I understand why people are paying these prices in the smaller towns. I don't think it's a great idea. I'm not saying like go out there and just pay anything, but when you look at what what the future holds, because Tom in 2017, I know what happened. And it was a hugely inflated price because there was a lot of people who were buying and it was pure speculation. I think people are buying for more legitimate needs now. Yeah. I think there is a max, mass exodus. We've talked about net uh, interprovincial migrations and things like that where Toronto's losing a lot of people. And I, I think a lot of people have left Toronto for good and that they'll never come back. They can't afford to come back. And I think that some of these prices, some of the growth in these smaller towns will be sustained, that you know infrastructure will grow and, and all that kind of stuff. But the bottom line is as those populations grow in any small town, Canada, new builders, new developments will come in and they have no choice, but to build at those prices. Like there's just no formula where they're going to be able to come up with prices from 2018, where those new builds used to be 400,000. It just, it doesn't exist anymore. It's 600 K or more for a townhouse in Belleville or whatever. Right. Yeah.
1: No, a hundred percent. And just wait, like I've been saying this for a while, wait, wait until Immigration of 400,000 people is actually human beings coming into the country that are new, not just landed people being transferred from this side of the ledger onto this side of the ledger so we can hit our target in the media this year. Right? Because that's all that happened. I mean, 50,000 humans actually came into Canada, but You know, 350,000 got transferred from one ledger to the other. So like wait till there's actually 180,000 new people coming into the GTA.
2: Because the thumbnail for this video is going to show that the market's crashing in 2022 is going and to be the worst burning. year ever. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Let's talk quickly about some of the things that the the bears are all saying right now, right? Like government policy, surtax on how. What about interest rates? Are supposed to go up? Investors, interest rates, all that kind of stuff. What do you think, Tom? Uh, okay, if what would actually need to happen for the
3: market to cool down, like yeah. realistically? Yeah, interest rates. I think would have to go from if if right now the fix is like two point seven, five, whatever it is, 2.8. And, and but by the way, the, the delta between the variable and the fix is massive right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think fix would have to go to like four and a half percent for things to legitimately start cooling down. We would have to limit immigration in some capacity, which is not going to happen. Right. Or there's somehow going to have to be new supply, which is not going to happen. So it's that it's it's interest rates. If we can't borrow money at way under inflation, prices won't continue to do what they're doing. It, it just won't happen.
1: So, so the re- reality is probably whenever they do a, a rate hike, like what's it going to be? A quarter point the first time?
3: Yeah, I think the first time it will be a core point because they don't want to spook anybody. It's like then- a the Bank of Canada, right? The Ban- Bank of Banks Canada. can
2: still ra- not raise or choose So to raise the raise. Var- right?
3: Only the variable rate is tied to the Bank of Canada rates, right? Yeah. The fixed is up to what the banks want to do, but obviously it's a whole part part of it. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a 0.25 and then maybe another 0.25, but
2: what so when that, you measures
1: when you have 16 offers on a property in... God knows where, okay? And all of a sudden, like, there's probably... I was thinking this yesterday. There's probably people out there going, like, I fucking hope for a rate hike because I can afford it, and it's going to drop some of my competition off the t- off the table, right? Yeah, but you They're go like, from
3: 16 offers to 13 offers.
1: Whatever it is. It, but that that's exactly it. That's exactly where, where I was going, is it will make a difference, beautiful, little speed bump, and, it, like for a little bit, right? And they'll have to do another one. That'll be like another speed bump. And the reality, they don't want to hurt the market. This is the, this is the gravy train. When, they when just want to shut we everybody up already.
2: We, we said the exact same thing we said, but there was 30 buyers at the offer table and that, you know, they didn't buy, Only 29 people didn't get the house. But as soon as policy changed and everyone just, a lot of those people never ended up buying again. They were hot. How to much trot, inventory you know, was there? Out. Again, it was a similar market, right? Nothing was for sale, fast inventory. It was going quick. And you know the lineups at houses were crazy, right? So I think if there is enough policy, just to be the other side of the coin here, if there is enough policy where you know investors are targeted, so it takes out you know a lot of those guys, you know, increase to their down payments or you know some sort of Banking
1: tax, maybe.
2: You know, if there's you know talk about you know interest rate hikes further than the four point five or or up to four point five, like Tom's saying, where you know the Bank of Canada or the big banks are all saying, no, this is where we're heading, and inflation gets you know out of control then yeah, there's a possibility that buyer sentiment says real estate's not a good investment anymore. And that's when the tables turn. That's what it's I'm also,
3: thinking. I think in 2017, if we look back to that, because like in terms of where the demand's at, that's that's what we're looking at right now. When the government came in and did the fair housing plan in Ontario, right? It was like foreign buyer tax, rent control, but that was pretty much it, Right. And so I think more than anything, and then, you know, when you went to 2018, we saw the stress test come in. So that limited what people could borrow. It's psychological. If, if exactly. a buyer hears and isn't doing it every single day or entrenched in this, like Daryl is, right? Like exactly. where our, our minds are not the sure average person, right? Think of just like the average person doesn't care until it's time for them to move again, right? And yep. if they're actively trying to buy a house and they hear and they're watching the news, Oh, rates are going up and it's going to affect prices. And they're hearing this. It's just psychological. So even if rates only go up 0.25%, the average person doesn't know what that means to their actual mortgage. If you do a little re- research, you'll figure it out. But, and I'm not saying average as a, like intelligence, like, why would they care? I don't know. No, I they're not in
1: the care. market. They, why would they live there. there? But ninety-eight percent just the leaving dinner, the house
2: at the dinner parties. That guy's going right. Market's going down. It's crashing. I'm selling everything. And they they're see thinking, the oh, honey, "We were just about to buy. Well, it's not a good time to buy."
3: So, so if rates go up, just psychologically, I think it actually could be a good thing. Um, but we also have to remember that we don't buy purchase prices. We buy monthly payments. That's what you're buying. Mm-hmm. So. Even if rates go up, if the house you want stays at the same price or goes down a little bit, which realistically isn't going to happen, it's more just going to be it's going to stop the accelerated growth. It's going to cost you the same, if not more, for the same property if rates go up, even if prices slightly dip. So maybe that's a good thing, that I, that I'm not sure of, but uh, I don't see an end in sight here unless psychologically the mindset of buyers is going to change.
2: That's that's the that's the key. Um, unknown here is just all the policy could stay the same, but the psychology could could change and that impacts the market or all these policies get implemented, but the psychology doesn't change. and everyone says, just like the stress test well, I'll just find a way around it. I'll, if it's foreign buyers tax, I'll just make I'll make do uh, investor tax I'll just I'll just find get my cousin to buy it and he's gonna live in the property. like you know the psychology is there, buyers will find a way to buy. you know what
3: stressed out buyers too, they go one of two paths when they get to the point where they're super fed up. I don't give a shit anymore. Here's 150 grand extra on this house. I don't care. I'm not doing this again. I'm living here for 10 years. And that's what inflates prices. Let's be clear. Or the I'm out. I'm out. I'm not doing this anymore. So it's it's like that pushes things in a bad direction. That will actually be good. Not for them, obviously, for the market in general. So it's one of those two things. When you get to that end of the road where you're pissed off, one of those two things happens
1: so but how many of the buying groups are needing to buy a place
3: uh, most of mine don't need because they currently own something uh they just want to upsize they don't need they like
2: but when you Oops. say upsize, let's say it's from a condo and condo they've got children yeah right yeah, okay fair the so, maybe it's more of a need increment and incrementally grow, right? Like, as time goes on, like it's yep. like, so oh, they
1: feel I, they need to,
2: yeah. Like, I would say, like, need to, as in, like, they've already sold and they're homeless, and they're you know, yeah, that's a small percentage. Or they moved of people here sure. and
1: like they have cash and they don't but want strong, to ranch. Strong they need to desire
2: buy. if you're looking right now, you have a strong desire because it's stressful, and you're really not, yeah, like, you're not, you don't want to do this. This, these games are not fun for anybody. So, if you're even we, willing to. Go and look at a place with Tom right now. You have in the back of your mind a strong desire, at the very least, to want to make a move. Right? It just may not be possible right now. That's that's the reality.
1: Well, and you know what? From recent experience, what people also need to do in this environment—trust me—you need to factor in. Look, no, no, there's no conditional offers, right? Not that like way. no, not that
2: win. So when was I the mean, last conditional offer? Uh, you know, accepted.
3: accepted I don't know but surprisingly when I had 16 offers last week yeah five of them were conditional and we had the staff certificate for a week and they had lots of time but all those so just so you know when you make a conditional offer on a property that you know is never going to be accepted it's just pushing up the sale price because it's it's inflating how many offers are on the property which is pushing the top ones up yeah you're screwing
1: yourself yeah But, but like right now we have like a leak in the kitchen we have You know, we need more insulation where floors are a little cockeyed. There's issues (laughs) that like they definitely knew about, you know, and they didn't disclose. And I have no recourse because I bought as is, which is fine. But you need to factor that in because you don't know if you're going to have to spend an extra five grand you didn't think about or an extra 50 grand you didn't think about. If you're going in there blind or even with like, this thing had an inspection report on it. None of this stuff was mentioned. And quite honestly, you, you kind of develop blinders when you're desperately trying to buy a house because all the signs of all the stuff were there. It just, you know, you're running in there. And it's like, you got a mask on and everything's fucked. And, it, you know, you got, you got to get to the next one before somebody buys it and bully offers you. And it's just like, it's so crazy. You don't, you don't see you, you remember later going like, oh yeah, the ceiling looked like that before.
2: Shit. Like, yeah. right. And, and well, oh, you my were there God. for 45 and, minutes. Oh you God. should have seen it all, Daryl.
1: Yeah. You're there and for 45 we, minutes going like, well, yeah. can we afford this? And we gotta, we gotta <laughs> talk to your dad and we gotta do yeah. this and we gotta call the mortgage broker. And oh my God, can we get, this is way more than we were thinking. Can we do it? Do you want to yeah. do it? Should we do it? TK, what do you think? <laughs> it's crazy like when we're, we're seasoned right like we've done it before never in this environment before i feel so bad for your clients right now that are trying to buy it must be nuts and that can't step up on the on the price like if you have a fixed number you're fucked or your you expectations know, have to shrink
3: quick the What I've been trying to do math-wise as well is talking to a lot of clients this year that want to get into the freehold market that are currently still in condos. And we're just playing out, okay, even if condos go up 15% this year, if semi-detached houses go up 10%, you didn't get any closer because they started at a higher price percentage-wise, right? So we're trying to... okay so if just guessing obviously if the next three years these are the increases that we could expect being very conservative across the board for the th- for the main a- property types uh, is it actually going to be better for you to hold this for the next three years before you jump up or should you just bite the bullet now because it's it's going to have to significantly outweigh the increases on the higher property types already just to get you closer
0: yep. plus the mortgage will I probably condo be
3: higher
2: What's your advice yep. to them, Tom? What, what's your advice to your clients? Because it's it's hard for, nobody wants to hear, Yeah, just go and buy a house that you don't like and the area that you're not happy with because it's going to be in the long run, much more beneficial to you. And then five years from now, we'll get you that dream home. They don't want to hear that. You so. know,
3: it, it's funny because it, it used to be like, hey, listen, your first property, you don't get to love it but you're going to love the position it puts you in in five years. But how many times do we, how many times are we saying
2: that now? Like what, is it the second one too? Is it the third one? I hope not because, because that's still working on it. He's on like 43 or something like that. He's, 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 he's going to be number 50, Daryl. Then that's going to be on the bridal path. I promise you, you're going to get there.
1: Yeah. Climb up that ladder. I don't want to move again. Listen, it was like 12 (laughs) years. When we were younger, we jumped around every two years, but like, this is a lot of work, especially when you, you have a way too much stuff and you're busy and you're older and your back hurts. And like, you just, there's a lot of shit to move.
2: A lot yeah, of stuff. So, I want to hear Tom's advice. Though. I want to hear like, how, how do you handle that situation? Tom? Cause it's a tough situation.
3: It's a, it's a risk tolerance thing, right? So like, l- let's just say, so let's say you own a condo and you want to buy a freehold property. Cause that's most of the conversations I'm having right now with clients. If, if we just look at historically, the last 10 years, not even like let's use the last 50 years of data that we have in terms of like what could potentially happen and look at the different asset classes. It's probably going to cost you more money to buy the same house three years from now because your condo is not going to increase at the same higher percentage, but not the same actual dollars in your pocket, right? So if it was me giving myself my own advice, I would say buy the house you want now, if you can afford to do it and sell your condo now, if you can, because condo prices are going to do really well this year, but so is everything else. So you're not getting anywhere closer. So that's what I would say right now. But what if it's the risk, house it's that you
2: like though isn't in your price point? So because this is the delusion. Well, my yeah. condo's going up. So right now I can't afford the 1.6 million dollar house because I can only afford 1.5 or four. Hold on. And, but my condo's been going up right now. I'm going to stay in this condo until it goes up 100 thousand so that I could go and buy that 1.6 million dollar house.
3: But then that right? one point six house is gonna be one point eight.
2: Exactly, it's yeah. the delusion of I'm gaining equity in my condo right now, and it's getting me closer. But like you said, ten percent increase in the freehold market and a fifteen percent increase in the condo market, you're no it's closer. Wash. Yeah, and it's so you wash. end up start. You end up you and you're just pushing away this inevitable decision that you have to make, which is to buy a house that you're really well. I think not excited could, about.
1: Tough it out, tough it out, big guy. Make a bigger gain on a bigger number. Tough it
3: out. Crypto.
2: or some, some people
3: are just saying like we we don't want to deal with that let's refi and leverage what's in our condo let's go buy another condo as an investment so we can have two properties we're running with at least instead oh, of that's that one good, big house. That's a really It's a great
1: good idea. Option. As you're
2: saying, uh, excuse me, honey, can you can you just move
1: over one sec? I need to get well, through the hall but, here. But
2: Daryl, they're not they're not leaving their condo unless they buy something. So if they're going to sit and wait around for you know something that's never going to happen, which is the housing market collapsing and the condo market continuing to go up, or somebody willing to sell a home much less than what you know it, it should be worth then you might as well be waiting with another investment property so that you're in the market. Sure. Finance, take some money out, buy a condo, buy, buy any investment property, yeah, whatever yeah. it is, so that you can build a little bit of extra equity. And that might be your solution to jumping up that 200K that you need in five years.
1: Imagine right? if you're in a condo and you're pregnant and like you, you're like, can't raise a baby in here. Where the hell are we going to put the crib? Where are we going to put all that shit? We got to get out of here, Sam. We got to get out of here. We need three bedrooms now. We need a house. We need a backyard. And
0: well, then they I, come I, to
1: you guys and they're like, oh, hey guys, I, I got 1.2 million bucks. I, I can get, what can I get?
2: Yeah, uh, well, I, just, I just did this, Daryl. I just did this. So this is uh, somebody that I sold like, a condo to, one plus den. And they, have, they had a baby on the way. And they said, no, it's going to be fine. We're going to do it. We can't afford anything else. They said, great. Three years, we're going to move. No problem. So they called me up uh, two months ago and said, um, we're wins. <laughs> right. We're pregnant. we got another one coming. I said, it's a one plus 10. We got to like find out all this kind of stuff, but the houses that they can afford are not anywhere close to the house that they want to buy. Right. And their situation because Matt leave and all that kind of stuff isn't as good as it will be in about three years from now. Right. So we went over all their options. The best option that I found for them was to go and rent a townhouse and rent out their condo. That was the only option that they have. So now they're collecting income from the one plus 10 they're using that. It's about a four or five hundred dollar loss that you know they're getting. They're they're paying four to five hundred to get a much bigger space. So that's good. And now they're living in this townhouse. They moved in I think in December, or January. And in three years, when their situation's better, they'll get the tenant out of the condo, sell it, and move into the house that they want to buy.
3: I guess when you really look at the gains people are are getting and how relatively reasonable reasonable rent is right now compared to purchase prices, it's not a terrible idea. Like, for a lot of people. What kind of income did they have?
2: Single income. So, not enough in Toronto. Very good single income, but not enough in Toronto. Not for what they need. Crazy. Five years ago, that income would be like, any house you want, where do you want to go? You want to go to Scarborough, North York, Toronto? We'll get you a semi in Riverdale. But uh, not anymore.
1: uh, You can't even get a condo in Georgetown, like, (laughs) on the futures market, right? In (laughs) pre-con.
3: <laughs> the at what point does it get so so like obviously, like I'm a numbers guy. I love I love referencing the 40-year chart in Toronto and how our 40-year our average with good and the bad is 6.73% appreciation per year through the good years and the shitty years and all that. And someone actually commented on one of my videos being like, hey man, if you continue that for the next 20 years or for the next 40 years, the next 20 years it's gonna be $20 million to buy a house in Toronto. So th- like, it made sense when it was 75,000, 80,000, even 400,000. But when we're talking 1.1 million average price, that at some point, They would have right? said the they same have... thing
0: 40
2: years ago. They said, a million dollars for a house, word. or you kidding?" Yeah. forget <laughs> it. What about in New York? Yeah. They
1: must've had this conversation in New York always. Right. You can still like, it's not $20 million to buy in New York.
3: Like
2: you can still $90 million condo just
3: sold. Yeah. Are you kidding?
1: $20 million that gets you like on the ground floor. Okay. Of like a shitty apartment building. So then do we
3: just have to acknowledge that if things go the way they do, and there's no significant government intervention and population continues to do what it's doing. And, and Toronto and the GTA is an attractive place to live that it's going to become that you rent, unless you're extremely wealthy and wealthy people own like San Fran or New York or Paris, like, is that what's happening?
2: Yeah. Won't be surprised. Yeah.
1: That, that that's what's happening. It's, that's it's the, the, the man city. Manhattanization of the city. It's just, yeah. listen, I, I there, 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 we all don't like and agree with most politicians, mm-hmm. but there's clearly a plan here, right? Like there's clearly a plan to inflate, housing prices i mean so, it, you can't you, you can't ignore it right so they know that they did this they know that that was a result they've known it for a long time they could have done something but i mean what happens when this this scheme because it is a scheme like everything's a scheme somebody has to buy something for more always like what happens when people aren't paying more it's a real mess people don't get reelected. Ah, people don't get reelected. So hold on a sec. This is an election year. Well, we can guarantee this thing's not crashing this year. Right?
2: Just to say, bring something up, Daryl, that would mean that every politician in North America was in cahoots with each other, raising housing prices. Yeah, giving them a lot of everywhere. credit.
1: No, 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 right? no. No, what I'm saying is, like, there's a coordinated effort from all countries to put money... Into the economy because they have to to keep close parity with the United States dollar, which is the reserve currency and United States is putting trillions of dollars into the economy. So if we don't, our dollar gets strong. What happens to Canada with a strong dollar? It's just as bad as a real estate collapse because now we can't ship anything anywhere. Nobody wants to buy anything. Nobody wants to come for tourism. Nobody wants to film movies. A lot of things go to shit when our dollar gets strong. So everybody has to like inflate their dollars just to keep pace with the reserve currency. Everybody collapses if they, if they don't. And that's why like, you're not going to have a Zimbabwe hyperinflation in the States because they're the they're what's everything is pegged against right now. Until that changes, everybody has to keep pace with whatever the hell they're doing. And that just leads to asset price inflation. And what,
3: and what, what incentive for the politicians? And again, like they're not obviously all in cahoots, but it's just the system in general. System. Like, what, in, what incentive do they have to change anything?
1: Um, have you been to a, a consult? Like, have you been to a community meeting for a new development ever? No. It's like, it's like pitchforks and daggers, right? You're up on the cross and and everybody, look, you, you only have 18 people show up and they all are against it. Nobody's coming and going like, hooray. Yay. Well, except for ours, but we're different, but really like, not everybody yeah, has a, lot a of, show a lot of sides. I mean, where people a lot are going to show up and cheer, right?
2: There's a, there's a lot more reasons than, than what you're saying, why money's coming into the economy. There's a lot more issues and, and fundamentals that they're looking at. I don't believe that they're trying to inflate the housing market. I think they know that's an issue. The stress test proves that from 2018. And the Bank of Canada is even talking about it now, that there needs to be some extra measures introduced like the stress test From 2018 to cool the housing market because they're concerned about the cost of housing, which is the highest weighted uh, item in the basket, right? So So maybe um, it's
3: not just inflate, maybe they're not trying to inflate, but they're trying to make sure it also doesn't go the other way.
1: Well, they're trying to keep jobs and job growth going, which means people need to invest in things that create jobs, which is, I mean, Real estate's one, but they need businesses to like invest and borrow money. Ninety exactly. percent of right? our
2: economy is what's <sighs> being supported by that money getting put in, not just housing. It's it's oh, but if they the can't growth.
1: take out loans, it's fucked too. So it's like how many people are really in the housing market as a percentage of the population like we, it's the center of our universe but how many people really give a fuck how many how many canadians does it really affect two, two,
2: per, two, two percent of people are moving every at day. all times yeah So, how many
1: people are actually buying it used something to be closer
2: to one but it's like between one and two percent right so it's not a big number no, but there's Most way more people of- are sitting at home right now, not not talking about the real estate market or what the housing market's gonna do and what their their value. All my neighbors, my 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 street's very like old neighbors, they've been there forever. No one gives a shit. They don't care about the value of their home. I had taught, I like, hey, did you hear about the sale? And then it's like <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're not concerned. It's not they're gonna be there until they're old and then it's time to go. That's not that's not their motivation, right? In life. Right.
3: But I think the, that's because they're at a certain point in life where they've already got the house, where, so they don't need to care. Like the younger generation, which is just trying to survive, to try to nah. get something.
1: Some people just don't want to fucking the move. Business, so. They just want to stay. My dad, my parents, they never moved. And I was like, guys, like, what are you doing? Your house is worth so much money. Like, Keep moving. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And they're like, would you shut up, man? Like, We don't want to move.
2: Hard. Moving's hard
1: pain
3: in the butt for most people do you think it's though because your parents were part of the generation where success was paying off your mortgage and owning your door do you think it was the mindset or just personality type no
1: i mean my dad's an accountant he's very safe he doesn't want to do stuff you know he wants to
2: generational money habits are huge you know there's a lot a lot of you know documentation on that about how your upbringing it is and what era you know you were you were in and, and when you were born and uh you know how it was affected um what's his name uh jfk when he talked about uh when he was running for president they asked him hey what did you think about the depression era you know how did that affect you he says i never even knew there was a depression until i went to school and they taught me about it right so (laughs) there's a lot of things that resolve you know somebody's money habits and how they want to spend and you know what they think about the market and all that kind of stuff so you know, Daryl, your parents upbringing at that time, you know, it was a little bit more stable. My grandparents never moved 54 years. Graham, yeah. the same house. Right. Yeah.
3: My grandparents like, rented for 30 years. Mine
1: too. That
2: was Not rented. even 30 Money. forever. Like, they, had, they had a sweet, sweet never investment owned. plan. You know, like that's how it was.
1: My grandparents were like both working, rented an apartment at Batherson Steels, Steeles, like, you know, like just typical immigrants and they didn't care. They put money in a sock in a in a drawer. They had you know, this is how much money we're going to the grocery store with and that's all they cared about.
3: Do either of you guys know, you know, we keep talking about all these new people coming to Canada, right? And do, do you know what it's like to get, like, I, I'm actually curious about this. I don't know the answer to this. Um, I'm not setting you up for like a, a t-ball question answers. here. Um, <laughs> who's the people that are coming they're immigrating to canada and a good chunk of them becoming gta surrounding areas what what qualifies them to come like do they have to already have a certain amount of money do they have to invest in the account like because because so we're not just bringing in random people that can't afford things like we're bringing in people with some money in their pockets different and program. that's There's
2: okay different programs. or yeah.
1: skills yeah they need yeah, to the be federal skills, worker licensed
2: is, is, yeah is one of the biggest ones where they're bringing in people who actually have qualifications already and who are going to be working here from different things. We had a good episode on it with uh Arjun, and we were talking a lot about that. Okay. And we um, uh, there was it we, was a huge number. So out of the 400,000, it was like 120,000 of those people were federal skilled workers, and then they have their families on top of that, right? Right? Because so everybody some, like, else refugees is small, you know, people permanent residencies who are already here, like there's different there's different assets and all the locals are
1: realtors now. So we need people that are going to build all these houses (laughs) and buildings. So really like all the, the last construction real boom was fueled by Portuguese and Italians and, uh, uh, Greeks and all kinds of, you know, Polish immigrants that came here and like actually put their hands into the mud, right. And built this town up right now, like. I think we've talked about it a few times. Like who the hell do you, I I don't even want to go outside and get the mail. Okay. And it's right beside my door for God's sakes, who the hell wants to swing a hammer and, and the, I'm, I'm still old enough to know kind of what it's like to work hard in a day. Right. I actually did laborious jobs in my lifetime, but like my kids, are you kidding? Like everybody, everybody can't be a YouTuber, right? Everybody can't be a TikToker. Everybody can't make money from home. Somebody has to build these places, right? And that's one reason why we need that skilled labor. So they may not have money, but they're willing to, you know, hold a shovel every day. Hmm. But money is a huge factor for getting in quickly.
2: We need more illegal immigrants. That's what we need. We need those guys who've got, you know, we need no, a ton no of choice them. but to just work those labor jobs and make sure they get paid well. We should have we need- a whole... a boring tunnel
1: a boring tunnel under the states we call elon musk under Under the the atlantic ocean forget it you want to go east
2: you know let's go to mexico you're right it's probably easier.
1: mexico's probably a little bit easier i'm up for anything though i mean we could try it
2: we need i just want to
1: i want to buy a piece of land that's far enough but we could put a boring company tunnel from there to like the subway station or the closest go station you know and just like have a, have a a, a, a self sustaining Tesla Elon Musk zone.
2: What what do you guys think it costs to build one kilometer of subway in Canada? There was a, new, a news article that came out a couple of weeks ago. What's your it, guess? It's a, it's kilometer. like
1: one point two billion dollars or something. Like kilometer
2: fifty million a kilometer. I think seven seventy five. That's the budgeted
1: kilometers. price. What does it actually cost? The, the, the
2: cheapest way to do it was about a hundred million dollars per kilometer and that's in the States and they dig down from the top and then they build it and then they fill it in. But it, all the traffic disruptions and all that kind of stuff, it, you know, nobody ever wants to do that because everyone's mad at you, but to actually dig the whole or the companies like- in the world, you know, obviously $775 million. Crazy.
1: Yeah. That's just the number they tell you. Like, what about if you add all of the interest onto the eight years of delays?
2: Yeah. Right? Well, either way, that's, it's, that's a huge number, right? So, uh, did you yeah. hear? I don't know how far that location is going to be from the subway station.
1: <laughs> they just announced a new subway station in Thornhill. That's pretty cool. Hmm. Did you hear that?
2: I didn't. I knew that there was one.
1: Coming. Royal Orchard. Do you know Royal yeah.
2: Orchard there? I knew, I knew. Yeah, they're all pissed off, though, those people
1: sure they are
2: yeah they're all pissed off
1: my my uh my aunt and uncle owned a house on langstaff where they built the 407 Mm -hmm. and he it was like his business and his house he was a photographer and he was like i'm hanging on till the end man i'm hanging on to the end they're gonna pay me a fortune and they jogged around the guy jogged around him just not to pay him and he made nothing and ended up having to sell to them for peanuts crazy and now that area is going to be like a hundred buildings there
2: yeah they, they got them good
1: like condrain bought the whole area and there's a ghost station right there yeah. crazyville
2: so final 2022 predictions all right tom
1: hold What's on hold on
2: happen lay it out for us we're, we're in month number one there's 11 more months coming in 2022 and
1: okay. are you on the demand or the supply side?
2: Well, we have enough demand.
3: It's a so, problem though.
2: Forget Daryl's question. What, what do you think is <laughs> going to happen in 2022?
3: Um, uh, from, the, from the initial video that I put out my 2022 predictions for how January is going so far, I might have to tweak my answer slightly. Um, initially, I thought across the board, 10% increases. Now it's like... Uh, Fifteen, at least, if if things even mildly keep up what they're doing, because January is going to be a ten percent increase. Like it's it's crazy how the year started. I still think that interest rates are going to go up three times. Um, I think the next two available announcements there's there's a date in February and March. Um, I think every time is going to be zero point two five. Not shock every single person, which is going to affect that variable rate. So if you have a variable rate, something to consider, but it's still going to be way lower than what the fixed rate you can lock in at is. I think that there's going to be way less properties actually sold than last year. So I know that sounds weird to say, but last year we had uh, 25,000 more properties sold than the year previous. It was the biggest year of all time. We crossed 100,000, which has only happened three times in the history of the Toronto real estate board. I think we hover between 90 and 100,000 this year, so it'll still be a lot, but not like last year, opportunities will be less. And at some point, and I, and I hope I'm wrong on this, I think the government's going to do something if, if right now
1: keeps up. Do we know if, uh, if we factor in pre-con sales where mm-hmm. the numbers are last year versus this year? It's a good question. Year?
3: I don't know, because can you call pre-con sales real if it's not physically there yet?
1: Well, there must be closings from years previous that happen
3: on yeah, pre-con. They, they
2: usually track closed uh, urban nation would be the
3: best right? urban nation we could get that data from like sean hildebrands the, the i just wonder there.
1: where we would be year versus year if we add that into add the that mix in.
2: yeah still the highest
1: oh still, still by the highest. far the oh, highest. for yeah. sure but yeah. is it closer or is it further because there must yeah. have been a think, ton in the year I, I previous i think it's still huh? a, fra-
2: oh, no, there wasn't. Still a fraction of the total sales the highest volume is the Toronto it's still mls sales. yeah right? So that's the majority. So whether it's new construction, like a a builder or a condo, um, you know, sales center or exclusives or anything else like that, it's a fraction of the market.
3: You want to know my final prediction is that anyone that's buying a pre-construction condo right now better have a 10-year horizon because, and I don't blame the developers and Daryl, I know I'm entering your world, but like, (laughs) I I don't blame anyone. If someone's willing to pay for it, that's the market by all means. I'm not... But if you think you're gonna flip that thing on assignment and make any money, or you're gonna close in it and rent it out and cash flow, like you're in Bank's for a rude awakening. It. A rude
2: awakening. Yeah. So, right. but good news for condo people: like a resale right now, buy a resale right next to the buildings that are selling, right? Yeah. Yes. For That's where we preach. Percent premium, and you're gonna yeah. get a great deal. Three yeah. years. I mean, from you're from now. Gonna you're still gonna be, be really happy.
3: You're still gonna be competing because the. I guess, but I guess at this point, you're compete. It used to be like resale markets crazy. Go buy pre con. It's a little bit more expensive, but you can get it. But yeah. now it's like there's four applications for every one unit on pre con, and there's yeah. 10 applications for every one unit on resale. So exactly.
2: Yeah. Buy it. Pay, it, pay the premium, jump up 10%. Like you said, five to 8%, but maybe 10. Maybe you got to go and pay a top dollar price. And uh, in three, four years, those pre construction condos will be closing 30 to 40% more than what you paid. So even if you get your seven, 8% a year appreciation, you know, you did well, right? I
3: also just think we have to take our, like our actual thoughts or whether it makes us happy or sad or mad or very frustrated about what the market's doing and put that aside and build out like a 10 year plan just for your own portfolio that it doesn't matter what we think. It's like, be conservative with your estimations and set yourself up for the future because no matter what job you have or how much money you can make the sad reality is the average canadian made more money their house made more money than they did last year right and if nothing changes significantly that will continue probably and if you're going to set yourself up for the future it's in some type of asset so i, I you know i'm not going to come on here as a real estate guy and be like you have to buy houses like you know you should have money in other assets as well but nothing is beating it with the leverage at this point the leverage available with real estate is Hard to beat,
1: and the cost of the leverage, even with three increases, is cheap as hell historically. Right,
2: five years you're still, or even your variable rate, the likelihood of it going up much further is still pretty low. So, you're still going to be historically low interest rates. Well, Tom, I think we solved the 2022 prediction for everybody in Toronto. They know exactly what's going to happen, they know where to put their money. They can check you out on your channel, which is Tom's Story. They can also check your website, which I believe is story.ca Uh, story team
3: dossier yeah thank you team
1: there's
2: a team uh, there there's a team yep check him out he's got lots of great content much more organized than us if you haven't subscribed to tom much more
1: professional yeah
2: and uh, check out our podcast on apple and spotify as well we love those apple uh, reviews and we'll see you guys next week